0: Marketers ruin everything. Welcome to the Everything is Marketing Podcast. What I don't want to do is to pretend this is show number one. What would the hero of your life's movie do right now? Do that. Do those things. So before I started writing this talk, I went back and read a book that you may or may not have read called The Clue Train Manifesto. Uh, because back in 2000, when I originally read the book, it had a profound effect on how I looked and used the web going forward. It spoke about ideas that Marshall McLuhan would postulate with his global village. It really tied into another book that had ignited my interest in marketing in Seth Godin's permission marketing. And it was this idea that the web didn't centralize it. decentralized things like information concepts, authority, but then connected people outside in the business world of what would be known as their traditional org charts or their cubicles, allowing them to communicate in very human voices. We would call this today the idea of being authentic or transparent in 2015. And I reread this book to start this talk because 15 years later, I stand before you as many of us are still pretending that we can tell the customer what to do or worse yet that we understand that social media is a quote unquote thing. We put it on a list. We check the box every day to say that we did it and that everyone's talking about it. And then we pray that it'll all work out in the end for our brand and our marketing and our bottom line. Spoiler alert. That's not going to happen. But that's why we're here this morning to talk about social as the modern web and how we can speak to our customers where they are using a lexicon or a language, whatever word you'd like to use, appropriate for each medium or channel, depending on how you want to identify them. What this isn't going to be is a talk about how to get more page views, more likes or more downloads of your app, because those are all byproducts of doing what I want to do today, which is engage. I want to talk about engagement. Engagement. Measuring the amount of people without looking at what they do or why they do it is not at all what the modern web or social is about. There are plenty of brands out there who have a ton of followers who don't capitalize on them and even more that just have a few thousand that engage at a very high level and make an amazing living off that relationship. As marketers, look, we live in what I would call the best of times and the worst of times if I were to ape a line from Charles Dickens. The best of times because we have access to more data than we know what to do with, We know where those people are. We know what they're doing. We know how to serve them an ad. We know when they're going to read an ad. We know how they read an ad. Some of these are even free tools. Find the right customer at the right time with the right message. Boom! Marketing. And it might be the worst of times because a lot of us find this thing we called social really hard to do and even harder to prove through what we would call a tangible ROI. But I promise you, it's there. Before we get there, though, we're going to take a step back uh, a millennia or two. Social media as we know it actually goes all the way back to 51 B.C right? I know, crazy. Uh, Julius Caesar at the time was the ruler, and he was looking to control his vast empire. So he dispatched the people he trusted. At the time they were called statesmen. He put them across what we would, if we were a Game of Thrones fan, which I am, we would call it the realm. He dispatched these statesmen across the realm. And one of these statesmen was Cicero. And we know this because his records uh, of the time are the best that is still in existence. And Cicero was really in love with what was happening in Rome and wanted to stay connected. So the way he would do that is he would write letters on papyrus and send them back and forth and as his friends would get these letters they would write in the margins as he would get the letters back he would write in the margins and send them back think of it as a Facebook status you put a status up and people start commenting same sort of idea and as Cicero is sending these letters back and forth he creates a record of his time on the planet in the same way that each of us and our customers are creating a digital record of our lives in the social web this is a time though that's before paper as we know it before William Tyndale was convicted of heresy lit on fire and then hung because you'd need to be killed twice for being the first to print the New Testament in English. He was the bellwether of what we'll know as mass media before Gutenberg took that same idea and creates mass media as we know it with the printing press and unleashing information in the form of the Bible upon the world, which might have been maybe one of the first instances of the customer truly being in charge. Communication speeds up again as mass media arrives in the form of newspapers. Then it's electronic forms in movies, Radio, TV, cable, the web, Web 2.0, and now as we know it, social media. But what will work for your brand? Where should your brand be? And when you get there, what are you supposed to say? And over the next couple of minutes in the Q&A afterwards, which is actually my favorite part, but we will do this first. We're going to tackle all of these, talking about the big three, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and then take a look at some that you might not want to ignore, like Snapchat, maybe Pinterest, and LinkedIn, depending on what you're doing in the space and what you want to do in social. But we'll start with Facebook, the largest of them. Facebook is... 936 million active users, 85% of them engaging on a mobile device. So if you're a brand on Facebook, one of the things you might have noticed recently is that it's getting harder and harder to get what we call organic reach, meaning you put a post out there and something happens to it. It goes viral. People start talking about it. They start sharing it, liking it, et cetera. It's getting harder and harder and harder. Facebook is becoming... Probably the most pay-to-play spaces uh, in social right now. They want you to pay to reach the people you want to talk to, and there's a couple of ways to do this. And this is why I think this is actually good for you and for me. However, before you pull out your wallet, I want to ask if you've ever tried native Facebook video. And I don't mean taking a link from YouTube and throwing it in a status update. I mean creating a video specifically for your Facebook audience, posting it right to Facebook. Why? Well, because right now, and this might change, but Facebook's trying to tackle TV, so it might not. Facebook's algorithm is favoring the Facebook video, which means the reach of those posts goes farther than any other post if you don't intervene at all, meaning you don't pay for promoting a post. You don't do targeted ads. You don't do dark posts. But I want you to pay attention to the views because a lot of people fall in love with those views. And if we go back to talk about how Page views and downloads and all of those sort of things uh, are just a byproduct. This is the same thing. It doesn't matter how many views you get because the view actually only measures the first two seconds of the video. In boxing, we might call that falling in love with your work, right? You see that you've got 1,100 views on a video and you think, oh, that is totally awesome, and you don't attach a strategy to it. It's no different than throwing a great right hook, connecting with your opponent's head, and then waiting for him to crack you in the face. So we don't want to get cracked in the face. So don't fall in love with the view count. Fall in love with what they're doing with that information. Are they sharing it? Are they commenting on it? Or what do you want them to do with it? If you're posting a video up and you want them to buy something because you use the book now or find out more at the end, they've got a call to action at those videos. Are they doing that? If they're not doing that, well, then we probably should check that out because video right now is the thing to do. If you are marketing in 2015 and you are not doing video, you are missing it on just about every other platform. And the other strategy on Facebook, well, actually all of these platforms, is you got to stop selling on your page. There are so many other cool ways to sell if you need to sell on your page. Right on your brand page is not the place for you to sell overtly. That is not why people are on Facebook. If you learned anything about MySpace One of the reasons it crashed so heartily and so quickly was because the ad platform was so bad and the ads were so intrusive that people just were looking for something else to do. It's one of the reasons that obviously MySpace isn't here and Facebook continues to evolve because they are trying to figure out ways to make that news feed exactly what the user wants to see. So you need to make content that ends up in that news feed, really killer, great content that you're creating that talks to your audience. And if you do need to sell and you're not using the targeting or you're not using dark posts, you need to change that immediately. What's a dark post? Well, imagine that you see a post on Facebook and it's got a link. You click the link. It opens a web browser. You copy that link and email it to a friend. That's what we would call dark social. Once you copy that link off of the Facebook link and send it out via email, we lose a lot of the tracking capabilities. So we don't actually know where it goes. So dark posts. Very similar. You go into the ad manager and you play around with ads. You set up a killer ad and you want to get it to uh, whatever customer you want. Maybe you want um, uh, women between the ages of 35 and 40 that watch Bravo and eat a particular brand of chips. Well, you can set the targeting up to do that. And then this ad shows up just in their newsfeed. So they will just see it natively in the newsfeed. And then when they go to your brand page, the ad isn't there. The call to action isn't there. What's there? Your killer content. That's why dark posts are doing so well right now if you're playing around with them. And if you're not, you probably should. Because boosting posts, it's not working as well as it was working. Dark posts and Facebook video, in my mind, are the two that are working the best when you're playing around in the social space. And as we move to Twitter, despite the trouble they're having with their leadership at the top, it's still a large audience on the platform. And if you're a brand, in my opinion, that has any sort of information or a news-based currency, it's a place that you still need to play. With over 300 million users, 80% of them using the app, so go on mobile, they're amassing 500 million tweets a day. An insane amount of noise especially if you've not spent a lot of time calling your following followers list. So if you haven't spent a whole bunch of time cutting the list down to get specifically what you want, which most people don't do, you've got the fire hose happening, which makes it very hard for your content and your messages to stand out. How does it stand out? You've got to engage. Most brands just spend all of their time tweeting out stuff, sending stuff out to the audience minute after minute, hour after hour, Day after day, very few spending time responding or retweeting to things that the users say about them. And when it comes to questions on really any social platform, if they go unanswered, it's just like in the old days. If you didn't pick up the phone at your business and turn that phone call into dollars, if somebody asks you a question on Twitter and you don't answer it, you are leaving money on the table. And even less people are playing around with search, which is one of my favorite things to play with, especially when live events are happening. And Twitter is now launching a live event platform that will uh, look very similar to Snapchat, um, the live stories where you get from Bonnaroo or the U.S. Open or stuff like that that Snapchat's currently using. Twitter's going to do something very similar to that. So if you're not playing around with search, this is another place where you can start to build an audience and you can start to engage. So head to search and just type whatever it is you do. Type it into the search bar and see what people are talking about. Or look at what's trending in your area. Or look what's trending in the United States. Or look what's trending worldwide. And start conversations with people who are talking about that stuff. And lastly, since we're going to talk a lot about video today, I think Twitter's got two great ones that you should probably play around with. When we talk about engagement, Twitter video is the first one I want to talk about. Because this is the ability to actually send video To users so if you're a news channel and somebody like uh, let's pretend you were wood tv8 uh we're not but let's pretend we are and they use somebody's photo of a storm and then the meteorologist sends that user a twitter video thanking them for the image that they used that's some engagement that's some equity that's some time caring about what that person does and that's really what i like about twitter video and where it works well now it's a little wonky at times there's still tweaking it a little bit but the idea that you get a video as opposed to just a text thank you is some really really powerful stuff and then in March obviously Twitter purchased Periscope that's their live streaming video app uh to rival Meerkat it lives natively on Twitter and while a lot of us uh and many brands quite honestly are still trying to figure out what exactly works on there being a practitioner playing around with it all in all Uh, Hillary Clinton is actually the first ad campaign running on Periscope. She is running her presidential campaign or part of it on Periscope. So it'll be interesting to see what sort of data comes out of that, what sort of engagement she gets, and what exactly that she's uh, doing there. But I like Periscope if you're able to do AMAs or Ask Me Anythings, or you've got behind-the-scenes stuff or event marketing or those sorts of things. Um, They work great on Periscope. And lots of people on Periscope and Meerkat – are doing a ton of Q&A, nearly nightly basis. You can find somebody on both of those platforms that's doing a and a about anything that you want to talk about. If you want to talk about sports, you want to talk about marketing, you want to talk about cooking, you want to talk about investing, all of that stuff is there. Uh, so Periscope and Meerkat, when we talk about video in 2015... One of those two is going to win. And if you're not playing with either one of those things, um, again, you're missing a huge opportunity. And I I think with any of these, the best thing to do is to get in there and play a little bit. And as I'll tell you uh, at the end of all this, I'm not advocating for you to be on all of these. But some of these work really well with your brand. What those might be without actually talking to each one of you, I don't really know. But some of them are applicable. Some of them are not. So that means you don't have to do all of them. But find the ones that are interesting to you and then go at them. Okay, let's move on to Instagram real quick. Last year, Instagram surpassed Twitter for users and currently hosts more than 70 million photos a day. 2.5 billion likes a day and an ad platform that they recently opened to everybody. And by the end of the year, the dark post and all of the targeting that you get on Facebook, you will see on Instagram which is huge because Instagram is the big one right now. That's where everyone is at. People are consuming. There's not, you know, your brand, my brand, the M Live brand, they might not have as many users or followers on Instagram as they do on the other platforms, but those people that are following you are consuming more content on Instagram than they are the other platforms, which is why Instagram is one that it, I would say If you're only going to pick one today to try and play with, this is the one I would play with if you've got a photo-centric brand, something that you could put on the brand to put out photos. But here are the things that you've got to make sure that you are doing. You or the brand have to be in the photo. So if you're Starbucks, there has to be coffee in the photo and ideally coffee with people in the photo because that's what they want to do. I would not mess around with links in the description. They still don't work very well. And Instagram doesn't make it very easy for you to get off of the platform to go do that. Make sure you're playing around with hashtags and tagging users if you know who they are. And if you're new to hashtags, either on Twitter, Facebook, they don't work awesome, but they're still there. Either on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram, Make sure that you spend some time investigating them. You don't own a hashtag. Just because you invented two words that you put together and you put a number side in front of it doesn't mean you own that hashtag and it can get taken over without you being in control. So pick a hashtag that you want to use and understand that other people can take it without asking your permission and be able to strategize around that or at that. When you're playing with Instagram, edit your photos. Don't just throw them up. Play around with uh, changing the way that it looks. Use the filters, make it black and white if it makes it better. But do some editing of some sort because it is a photo platform, so pretend that you really want to put great photos up. And lastly, like with all of these, engage with your users. Go to some of the users, the people that are following you, and like some of their photos and go into their comments and leave them comments about stuff that they're doing that you think is cool. Most of us, as marketers, want to push, push, push all this content out and hope that it works out for the best. But what you're seeing in social is this pull. You want people to be pulled into the community and play around in your space with what you're doing, and you do that by connecting with them in moments that matter to them. So this past weekend, if you had a new follower who was a guy, and on his Instagram he has photos of him with his kids, huh, how awesome would it be if you went on there and put Happy Father's Day from a brand that he loves, if you're Cabela's or if you're Coca-Cola, or if you're Mountain Dew, or if you're Starbucks or whatever it is that he's into, if that brand goes on and says, Happy Father's Day, that is going to make a brand advocate. That's a person who's going to be like, you know what? I thought I was buying a can of soda, but I'm not buying a can of soda. I'm into a brand that's into what I'm doing. And that's important. And that's what we're doing. We're engaging. We're building communities. And that's, to me, that's where the ROI is. This isn't so much trying to figure out, well, if I put $300 into a dark post and I got these metrics back, did... Did the end justify the means? Well, I don't know because I don't know what the engagement is. Did, did your likes go up? Did they consume more video? Did they end up on your website for longer? Did your bounce rate on your website go down? All of those things are to take into account when you're building a community and getting people gathered around your brand. Okay, and then a couple more minutes and uh, we'll move on to question and answer. So we'll, we'll talk about Snapchat because I think this is the one that most people are scared of or they make fun of because they're nervous about it. Uh, They either say, I don't get it, they say it for kids, and and all of those things, I think, are a cop-out because I get that the platform isn't as intuitive, right? Facebook, you know exactly what to do. Twitter, you figure it out pretty easily. Instagram is the easiest of all. Put a photo up. Done. Snapchat isn't that easy, but If your brand needs to talk to or wants to talk to anybody under the age of 30, the 100 million users on this platform, 60% of them fall into that category. And of all of the users, two-thirds of them create, two-thirds of them make something on Snapchat every single day that equates to 2 billion video views a day. So connecting with them, you're going to have to do some practicing. You're going to have to get in there and play around a little bit. But I really think that if you want to talk to millennials, and I struggled to use that word at all today because uh, I'm finding it's used so much it's nearly meaningless. But if you want to connect with people under the age of 30, this is a place that I really think that you need to play around with. And there's lots of fun stuff you can do on Snapchat that doesn't really work on other platforms because it's just more whimsical. And that allows you to do some things that you couldn't do on Facebook because it would just look – Schlocky. Where on Snapchat, it looks like it's supposed to look like that. When we talk about social as a language, that's what I'm talking about. Something on Snapchat where you hand write with your hand, uh, you know, you scrawl your your name or some crazy phraseology over a photo and you put it up, or you make goofy faces or whatever that is, works perfect on Snapchat. Probably won't hold a candle on Facebook, which is why. If you've ever followed me on Twitter, you know that I'm a big stickler um, on people who do things like, well, I'm going to post a status on Facebook and copy it to Instagram and Twitter or vice versa. That is bad, 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 different platforms, different language, different content. Snapchat is one of those that you just it's got to be different. It's got to feel different. And if you're a publisher, the Snapchat discover part of the app uh, is really, to me, the way that I want to consume news on a mobile device. And lots of publishers are trying to figure out how they can get on that screen with the premier eight partners, because an app that we joked about a year ago and thought it was just 12 year olds, excuse me, sexting, um, is creating this content delivery system that matters and matters deeply. Some of the stuff that they're doing in discover is really, really great. And if you look at what Buzzfeed news did with their app that came out last week, you're going to see that Snapchat had an effect on how that app works. So all of these platforms have a place, and they. The, Snapchat might not be for you. Maybe your business is 50 and older, but if you look back in Instagram a year ago, you would probably think, oh, that's just for kids. Well, right now, the fastest-growing segment of users joining Instagram are 40- to 50-year-old women, so it always starts young. It always ends up going old, and that's when these things kind of revolve over. That's why... Less and less millennials are spending a lot of time on Facebook. They're all on Facebook. They're just just not spending as much time on there because the ages skew older as the apps get older. And lastly, LinkedIn. It's one that uh, is not necessarily my favorite, but if you're business to business, um, it's great for a lot of things. 364 million users, 39 million of them are either in college or just out of college. So, as a recruitment platform, It's fantastic. If you caught my recruitment talk, you know that it's fantastic to get candidates out of LinkedIn. It's a great place to do that. It's also great to connect B2B, and a couple ways you can do that. You can put um, killer content up there. You want to share case studies, or you want to share white papers, or you want to share um, infographics. You want to share podcasts like I do occasionally. You put that stuff up uh, once a week or so, and you can start to build a community there, but Uh, one of the things that I I think a lot of people do uh, is try and turn it into a lead generation platform without any of the hard work. If you're in sales, the the thing that you hate the most is what cold calling, right? It's the thing that gives you the most stress gives you makes you the most tentative. You just don't like walking into businesses and having to do the pitch all over again. Well, lots of people use LinkedIn, like a way to cheat that you then they, Sign up for the professional thing and they use InMail so they can send messages to whomever they want to. And those messages go directly from, hi, my name is blah, blah, blah. Here's what I want to sell you. And you're missing the whole part of the relationship. As with any of these social mediums, LinkedIn specifically, if you're building a professional relationship, you want it to be professional. And the best way to do that is to start showing this person or persons or this brand that whatever it is that you do brings value. So maybe your inmail should be, hey, Jim, uh, I just saw you on LinkedIn, and you're a manufacturer who does blah. We just did this killer case study on manufacturing and how Facebook is finding some great candidates for manufacturing. Just thought I'd share it with you. And then be done with it. And then see what happens. Why? Because if you don't do it, if you go straight for booking appointments, 97% of those in-mails that go straight for appointments don't get acted upon and get deleted. So like any of these, you've got to build a relationship here. And if I was going to boil this whole 20 minutes down to five or six things, I, I would say that they're this. You don't have to start everywhere. Pick one of these. And then go kill it. And if you're not the person to go kill it, find the person to go kill it. There are plenty of agencies out there that will you know, sell you social media help. I would argue that you need to do your homework and make sure that they have the same ideas and same plans that you do. But you can find somebody to help you out. That's the easy part. You need to pick a lane, though, and go kill it in that lane that you are gonna think you're going to kill it in. And then stop selling all of the time and start engaging. Create a relationship. Hand-to-hand combat, I know, it's much more difficult than a nuclear bomb. But social, at its highest level, is hand-to-hand combat at scale. So you've got to start engaging and stop selling. Start creating content, don't just curate it. There is a time and place for curated content. I do my fair share. But you also have to make something so that you show these people that are in your community that you create something of value for them so there's a reason to follow you. Because if you're just going to curate over and over and over again, if you're just going to share lists from BuzzFeed, guess what? They can figure out to go to BuzzFeed as well. Then they don't need you. And on that, make sure you stay positive. Make sure you're not boring. And make sure you stay consistent. If you start posting a photo every day on Instagram, keep posting a photo every day on Instagram. And lastly, before we enter the question and answer, make sure that what you're actually going to measure in all of this Matters to you and your organization. I started this by talking about how you shouldn't measure downloads. You shouldn't measure page views. And you shouldn't measure likes. And I holistically believe that. But if that's what matters to you, figure out a way to meaningfully measure those things. Because if you're measuring the wrong thing, you're going to do the wrong strategy and be on the wrong platform. So for me, find out what matters to your organization, find out why you want to be on social and what channel you want to be on, and then go do that. Thanks for the time. We'll take some questions here.